sadly, I can't figure out where to put my beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to episode 38 of the Erasable Podcast. I am your host tonight, Andy Wellfley, and I am joined by Johnny Gamber, uh, my fearless co-host. Hey, Johnny. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Um, sadly, we do not have Tim Wasson with us tonight. He has family obligations and could just not make the recording work. But, well, nobody can actually replace Tim, um, I feel like we can make it up to everybody, Uh with our special guest. Uh, she's been on before, but it's been quite a while. Uh, say hi to uh, Anna Reinert. Hey, Anna. Hello. Anna is the uh, the chairperson of the Well-Appointed Desk, which is an amazing blog. Um, how would, Anna, how, how would, what would you, if you were to describe the Well-Appointed Desk, how would you describe it? Um, everything you need to make a well-appointed workspace. Excellent. Mine, um, well, except apparently for a cup holder. Apparently. I, do have, <laughs> I, I did have a pen pal send me a lovely um, coaster that she made out of felt. It's really cute, and it's from Japan. It's very cool. So I don't have a cup holder, but I do have a coaster. <laughs> That's excellent. Cool. Um, Anna's going to be talking to us to a little bit later about uh, colored pencils, of which uh, Johnny and I and Tim as well just don't really know much about, so... Uh, earlier, Anna sent um, sent me a picture of her colored pencil collection, which is pretty amazing. So um, I'll have that um, up on the website in our show notes. Um, it's episode 38, so show notes are at erasable.us slash 38. Um, and yeah, let's talk about our tools of the trade. Uh, Anna, what are you drinking and writing with today? Uh, tonight I am drinking a Boulevard Beer. It's our local brewery. Um, their uh, Backroads Edition Hibiscus Ghost, which is a very sour beer. Most people think it's disgusting, but I love it. <laughs> and I, I literally like bought like three or four six packs of summer so that I could make it last. <laughs> um, yeah. I like and the sour I am, beers. I really like this one's really good. Everybody in my like it's it's the one beer nobody else touches. So if I put it in the fridge, it's, it will stay there until I drink it. <laughs> um, but And I am writing with my favorite new pencil, the Koenor Magic Pencil. Oh, is that does it have multicolored graphite core? Yes, it or does. Not graphite, but color core. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. And I have, I bought a box of a dozen, and I have three left. Guess who gets them? <gasps> Johnny. Tim. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Yeah, those those are awesome. so great because <laughs> yeah, those are so great because um, you know the magic eraser is also multicolored. It just goes really well with it. And I actually I wondered, I actually wondered if they made the magic eraser colored like that to match the pencils, even though they don't erase very well. Yeah, <laughs> I was that was going to be my next question. Um, Johnny, how about you? What are you drinking and writing with? I am going lightweight and drinking coffee and water because what? It's not Monday. I'm dieting, so this is healthier. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a teenager. No, I'm having some really good um, Zeke's. I'm going to mispronounce this wrong. Trace Ninas coffee from El Salvador. That's really good. It's kind of I don't know dry. If that makes any sense. It's yummy. I wish I made more. 
And I'm writing with the Blackwing 211. Yay, which we will talk about code. a little bit. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. yeah. How about you, sir? Um, I am, um, well, actually, hold on. Let me crack it open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am drinking a Sapporo beer. It's kind of boring. That's what I was drinking last week. Uh, but I have a bunch of them, and I need to get through them. So, uh, And it's yummy. really good. I like the Sapporo. Yeah. That's a good like early fall beer. Crisp. Although I'm you don't a, have fall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have fall so much as like October. Just like everything's <laughs> always like in the 70s, and a lot of the leaves change, but not really. And... There's palm trees, which, you know, never, ever change or fall. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and I am al- I'm also writing with a uh, Blackwing 211. Cool. Um, we were going to originally talk about the 211 as the pencil of the week, but um, since um, Tim's not here and Anna, you don't... I think we were talking before we actually started the episode... Uh, you actually don't uh, use the 211, or have the 211, I should say. I do not. I don't subscribe, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's totally understandable why not. It's, um, you know, they have three cores that they're working from, and if you already have, like, the main products, uh, the main pencils, then the writing experience isn't so much different. It's probably mostly the, like, aesthetics. Yeah. Um, Anna, do you want to start us off with the fresh points? Um, I don't have much to offer except that today, in honor of the Erasable podcast, I was wearing my um, my favorite uh, bracelet, which is has three pencil charms on it. It came from Fossil, and for the podcast, I had to take it off; otherwise, I jingle. <laughs> <laughs> it's really distracting. I had to do the same thing when we did the. Um, uh, the Pen Addict podcast in Atlanta. I don't know if anybody watched the video, but sitting next to me on the table is a pile of my bangle bracelets. I had to take them off because <laughs> I made so much noise. <laughs> I have not yet watched the video, but it's... Um, you really I, don't have to. <laughs> I, 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 super, I really want to. Yeah, I need to track it down. So, um, funny. do you have a uh, picture of your... Of your bracelet we can include for show notes? You know, I think I do. I'll have to um, pull it out of Instagram, but I can dig it up for you. Oh, very cool. Um, And I did include a link. Um, Fossil still sells the charms, so if anybody is interested in them, I put the link in our notes. Um, But they also have one they came out with this year that's, uh, instead of being, they're like colored enamel, so it's a red, a yellow, and a blue pencil. Um, But uh, they now have them also in uh, white gold, rose gold, and silver. So you get three... They are really pretty. Yeah, I'm, they're super intricate and detailed. They really make really nice charms. If you know anybody who likes that kind of thing. Yeah. My, um, my sister <laughs> likes them. hairy hair. arms. <laughs> Those <laughs> get caught up in Johnny's arm hair. I bet. Yeah. Tangled. There, there are a couple of bracelets <laughs> lost in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in there since the 70s. Yeah, that's not really a tattoo. It's tarnish. <laughs> Well, speaking of tattoos, Johnny, your um, your Fresh Points starts off with tattoos. Yeah, so I got another tattoo, still no pencil, and I'm sort of running out of forearm space. So I'm, I'm, to- I'm go on, we're going to get you under the needle um, in Atlanta. Uh, you and Tim somehow. I we'll so, get you drunk. So 
<laughs> so I committed. I am kind of needle phobic, and I feel like I have a pretty low pain tolerance. Uh, but I committed if if Johnny and Tim and I all get together at some point and we're all ready to get a tattoo, I will get a pencil tattoo with them. Well, you know, we could get like the cross section of a jumbo pencil that's to scale. It's pretty small. Yeah. It'd be yeah, like that's... a secret. Like, what the hell is that? That's a pencil. <laughs> oh, really cool. That would be a cool one. Um, I think um, Caroline's is pretty cool. Like just a like a outline of a pencil on the on the forearm. Yeah, I'm out of forearm space for that. Going <laughs> <laughs> around my wrist, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> you Very uh, so are we? Is it PG to talk about where you would get a pencil tattoo, Johnny? Um. <laughs> they Anyhow, find P. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably get something on my um, around my arm. I have a little space, but I'm tired of getting my arm shaved, so I need to wait a little while. Yeah, it's really gross. Anna, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any tattoos? I do, I do. And actually, I was going to ask Johnny, have you posted any pictures of your tattoos? I would like to see them. Um, I think they're on Instagram. Okay. I think so. Okay. Oh yeah, but this one was like the day after, and it looked disgusting and oozy and. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I was sort of waiting for my arm hair to grow back <laughs> <laughs> or finish growing back. This is disgusting. But You're yeah. so hairy on your arms. <laughs> I figured you would just like cough and arm hair would just pop out. Uh, I do shed. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my dad does. You can grab his arm hair and pull and just pull a handful away. And he just kind of looks at you funny. I'm like, doesn't hurt. No, mine's a little deeper than that. You can hang off it, which we'll do the next time we all meet up. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to pencil so, pencils um, wait what yeah so i was at lowe's with my dad yesterday and um, they had some they were calling them finished finishing pencils that were lowe's branded but made by dixon so i went to go check out and see if they had anything new and now they have black pencils that are black matte round uh regular and jumbo and carpenter pencils and they're just labeled dixon and they have a silver ferrule and a really bright pink eraser and it's like what so i picked some up and they're actually pretty nice the, um, the jumbos don't have a jumbo core. If that makes it has a slightly lighter core than the regular one, so they're just comfortable. With you know, it's not like the regular one where you're running the sharp the sharpener over and over again. Yeah. So if you find yourself at Lowe's, they had them in dozen, no, twenty packs and dozen packs where I was, and apparently they've open stock too. Hmm. And um, some of them are badly centered, so you're probably better off picking out open stock. They have a gigantic barcode <laughs> that you can't sharpen off. So they're just like unbranded Dixons. They're not. Um, they're not a Ticonderoga or a. I'm trying to think of another model number of a Dixon, but nope. This just says Dixon in big silver letters. Wow. On the barcode. <laughs> and you know they talk about the the grade and the the ways in which this is a superior pencil on the package, but not on the pencil itself. But they're pretty nice. I was really surprised. They're not cedar or anything, but the finish is pretty good. The crimping is better than most Ticonderogas. Yeah. Whoops. So they look you kind find of, yourself near Lowe's. They look kind of matte and rubbery in the pictures you sent us. Yeah, they're matte. They're not rubbery. They're sort of um, maybe along the lines of a um, help me, uh, Black Warrior. Oh yeah, the newish mm-hmm. one. The newish ones. Mm-hmm. But much better finish. They were like four bucks for a twenty pack or a dozen of the jumbos, hmm. and also an enormous pack of carpenter pencils that I would never use. So I just bought a couple. Yeah. Well, I'll send you guys some, and if anyone else finds yourself at Lowe's, you know, hit that up. They also have Ticonderoga lumber crayons. 
which are fun to play with. What's a lumber crayon? Um, big crayon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big crayon that uh, works well in lumber when it's wet. And they have a paper wrap on them. They're really cool. That's They're cool. good for like writing on somebody's car tire. Writes <laughs> up the nasty that they can wash off later. Like, Just you're a jerk. Yeah. You almost ran over my children. That sounds kind of like um, the artist's um, uh, china markers are used. Yeah. A mm. lot of people use them to write on glass, uh, rubber, plastic, wood. I didn't know they actually now marketed them directly to the lumber industry. Yeah, these are like um, maybe not an inch, maybe three quarters of an inch in diameter. Solid, like, um, pigment. Yeah. <laughs> so also um i think andy will join me uh this week we're recording on wypr which is baltimore's npr affiliate we're going to be on maryland mornings next monday the show airs at nine nine to ten and you can also listen online if you're not lucky enough to live in charm city but um <laughs> yeah if it's at like seven o'clock in the morning andy's time so hope we can work it out i'm gonna have to slam some coffee to like get talkative I'll be slamming coffee the whole way down there. <laughs> it's like it's about three miles away. I think I might just walk and drink coffee the whole time. You're gonna be in the studio. So, yeah, I've always wanted to go in there. It's like my favorite radio station. Hmm. That's so exciting. Yeah. But they actually, um, my wife was on for her job, and then um, I found the producer on Twitter and then retweeted it, and then that's how we hooked up. I'm gonna have to work on my NPR voice. Yeah, Frank and, here was a, Sam well, has a really good NPR voice. Welcome to Erasable Podcast, coming yeah. to you live from three different places. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. That'll be cool. Maybe we expand our readership into the local base. All of a sudden, we have an influx of like Baltimoreans. Yeah, I won't be the only one with that accent around anymore. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not I should just amp up my Baltimore accent on the radio, but uh, they probably won't air it. <laughs> it's unintelligible. Hey, we're not each pencil down here, huh? <laughs> they never get right in movies. I guess I just don't know. I've never been to Baltimore, so I guess I just don't know like what the accent would sound like, but I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, it's this weird mix of Cockney English and the Southern drawl. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Nobody sounds smart. One of my... Um, my favorite professor forever when I was an undergrad from Baltimore he said Play-Doh that was bizarre he's like the smartest he might be the smartest person I've ever known but Baltimore accent doesn't do you any favors (laughs) yeah Yeah. I swear I'm smarter than I sound (laughs) I swear he is too (laughs) so I'm rambling a lot so I'll cede the points to you Mr. Andy all right um First thing I was going to mention is uh, a big shout out to Caroline Weaver and uh, CW Pencils. Um, the official Instagram account on Instagram um, retweeted, uh, what do you call it? Regrammed something that she did. And um, she got uh, 717,000 likes on that. And hopefully a boom in business and people actually like following her account. Um, i trying to go here. Click on her. Yeah, she has um, 14,000 followers now, which is amazing for CW Pencils. I'm really excited. 
That's very cool. I like. I would pretend that I had something to do with that, but I do not because I don't have any influence in Instagram or elsewhere. <laughs> but congratulations, Caroline. That's awesome. Um, tomorrow, I was also going to mention that I'm going to um, the Palomino offices in Stockton. They're having an open awesome. house. <laughs> um, they're moving offices out of the Duraflame plant, which I've been to several years ago. Everything smells like sawdust and is kind of sticky and waxy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're moving into, um, I guess, more office office spaces, um, kind of by the Stockton Airport. So I am going there with Katie, and I think that Elaine is joining us from JetPens. And yeah, I'm going to see all them. I'm going to meet Alexander. I've never we've never met before so that should be fun i uh i'll take pictures and post them so is that where the new museum is i think so or is it uh, set up yeah um charles like the pencil museum was really just in his office like he had a couple display cases set up mm-hmm. so hopefully this will be a little bit more like built out and it would be cool if there's some sort of like a narrative as you follow along yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to the um, American Pencil Collector Society. They said thank you to oh, the yeah. Erasable Podcast for the number of um, new members we brought them. Anna, are you a member of the American Pencil Collector Society? I am not. <laughs> I, I didn't realize I could become a member. It's actually <laughs> like super low commitment. It's $10 a year. And um, you basically uh, get a newsletter. Is it once a month or is it once every two months? Uh, I think it's once every it was, two months. Yeah, yeah, two or three. And it has like They've light been editorial. Pretty lately. Say again. They've been pretty regular lately. Boom, boom. Yeah, they have a new secretary. That's part of it. Um, they have like some interesting classifieds that you can that you can read. Uh, most of the members are uh, a little bit older and wouldn't be participating in kind of our online pencil communities. So that classified section is a really good way to like find out like if somebody's selling something, it's mostly like souvenir and collectible pencils rather than like vintage. Yeah. Um, Pencilcollector.org is where you can find out more information. Yeah. And they gave us a shout out on the front page. They did on the front page. Uh, You will notice the large number of new members being introduced in the next pages. Many of them learned of APCS from the Erasable Podcast, an online talk show about various topics in the world of pencils. Uh, I think we all owe a thank you to the people at Erasable for all the publicity we have been getting. I, I love that they describe the podcast as an online talk show. <laughs> Which, I mean, it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, um, At some point, people are going to have to be able to start calling in with questions, right? Yeah, it's... um. There's... <laughs> There's a couple shows I've listened to that can take like live call-in requests, but it's really difficult, and I can barely make like like this live streaming work. So eventually, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, we need to write something for the pencil collector, which is their newsletter. Yeah, we just send him a picture of all three of us. Yeah, someday in Atlanta with our tattoos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These kids I'm and their tattoos. I'm gonna photobomb that picture. Very, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like the size of a quarter on our arms. It costs ten bucks. <laughs> oh. Um so finally the big the big fresh point. Um we should probably talk about the two eleven. So yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So it's funny because even before there was a volumes edition, I think that Tim has wanted a natural Blackwing. Would you say that was correct, Johnny? I think so. Yeah, I've always wanted one. Yeah, personally. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just so nice. Like I, it feels really nice and it looks really cool, especially with that brown eraser. Um, I wonder if we should maybe talk about it a little bit for people who. Do you think everybody here probably knows about it? Everybody who's listening. Well, it's hard to describe the brown eraser. Let's see it in person and see how much it looks like candy. <laughs> it does. Little it does. piece of chocolate, like a chocolate chiclet. Yeah, and the the brown print, I I assumed it would be sort of, um, you know, sort of maybe like a dark copper metallic, but it's just brown. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. That's kind of cool for a Blackwing. It's a little understated. Yeah. Last time we recorded, we talked about they were just days away from announcing it, so we we just missed the announcement on our recording last time. Uh, we talked about some of the clues behind it, but it turns out it is named after John Muir and and the Muir Trail. Um, it's a natural wood pencil to kind of celebrate his, um, I guess, commitment to preservation and the environment. Um, I don't actually know if this is like FSC certified or anything, like the Forest Choice. I hope it is. Good question. Yeah. I think, aren't there, sl- aren't there slats all FSC certified at this point? You, you know, I think they are. Yeah. I should ask. Maybe when I see them tomorrow, I'll ask. Yay. Um, <laughs> Rub it in, man. Rub it in. <laughs> So, I did um, just look at the website, and they are sold out, the Blackwing yeah. web- website. So unless your favorite retailer is still carrying them, yeah, the they window sold of out. opportunity on these are closed. They sold out in just over a week, I think. Um, I know that Mido still carries them. I was just there yesterday uh, at the one in San Francisco. Um, and I know that JetPens has them, CW Pencils has them. Um, and if you would rather buy local, which you should, um, go to um, oh, blackwing602.com and look at the product page for the 211. They have a whole list of retailers that sell it. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, most big cities should have something. There's a couple places in San Francisco and two places along the peninsula here. Um, oh, Dr. Hans is saying that oh, no. CW Pencils has been sold out of the 211s. So, wow. Yeah, it seems like it's... And pens either. Wow. Yeah, you guys are going to have to, uh, if you want more of these, find them in person. Well, I was going to stock up, but I've only ever had one dozen of any of them because I sort of use them until they're small. Yeah, and I only had had six of them because uh, Tim and I share a subscription. Yeah. I'm living like a fat cat with my own subscription. (laughs) (laughs) That was my father's day present. Just make it rain pencils. Yeah, all 12 of them. 13 at the tube. So I know that if Tim was joining us, one of the things he would want to talk about is if um, it truly has a 602 core. Because obviously, Pencils.com doesn't say that, but you can sort of infer which of the three regular ones it shares the core with. Um, their uh, marketing material says that it's firm, um, which generally means it's the 602 because that's the firmest of the three regular ones. Uh, and I, I feel like it's a 602 core. It performs very similarly for me. Um, but I've heard Tim say, and maybe you, Johnny, that it could be just a little bit different. Maybe a few people in the, um, the erasable group as well. Do you have, do you have opinions on that? Um, to tell you the truth, I didn't do any comparing because I was using it on a different kind of paper, Hmm. but, um, it feels different because it's not painted with 
20 coats of lacquer. Yeah. But, um, no, who, who said this? There are a few people online that said it just seems like a natural companion for the Shenandoah edition. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking them as moving the beard over to Kansas and then, uh, what was then Virginia. And these are my John Brown pencils. Go with the Shenandoah edition. Anna, <laughs> <laughs> do you have the Shenandoah field notes edition? I have them. I figured you would because green. That I oh, do yeah. have a subscription to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it looks they just look gorgeous together. Um, I had it, I had them paired up earlier when I was taking some notes, and yeah, the the kind of leaf green colors of the Shenandoah mixed with that wood grain in the Blackwing Two Eleven was just amazing. It was super good. You guys are touching my inner Girl Scout. I feel like now I'm going to have to hunt down a pack <laughs> of Two Elevens. Yeah, they're out there. Um, there's a couple places in San Francisco too, so I can look for some this weekend and send them to you if you're interested. I might take you up on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we talk about the two elevens in excruciating detail on the Erasable group, which I guess I should plug real quick. Uh, which that is Facebook.com/groups/Erasable. Uh, many of you are in that group. We just passed 700 members, which is amazing. Did we? We did. Yeah, um, I would say that there's a core group of probably like 50 people who are active, but there's a lot of people who just watch, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so the 211 almost sold out. Great job on uh, Pencils.com's part. I I like the 725s, but it just didn't speak to me. I'm not really like a guitar fan or a guitar nut. <laughs> so does this and mean that... that Sorry, go My on. husband says that it had the um, uh, the first edition been after a um, a Gretsch and not a Gibson, we would have had to buy several boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a Gretsch player, not a Gibson player. So. Hmm. What do those look like? Gretsch it? is the type of guitar. It's I mean they do still have some of the same kind of coloring variation. Mm -hmm. um, but his Gretsch is more of an orange. It's less red. Hmm. So, but um, it's a guitar that um, Brian Setzer plays. It's a big hollow body. Oh, yeah. Much larger guitar, but mm -hmm. has beautiful sound. That's cool. Yeah, the, um, so I guess, I guess the third edition, which we can expect in December, I believe, um, is, I guess that's probably going to be the original MMX core, right? I guess oh, we don't know that. I hope but so. That you would be awesome. I hope so. Yeah. No white eraser, please. No white eraser. <laughs> yeah, the the custom colored erasers seem to have been really popular. And my subscription came with a uh, extra pack of erasers, which is pretty good. So yeah, if I wanted to put I don't those know, in something else, I could do with them. Eat them. <laughs> I when I when I opened it, it was amazing how much it smelled like a campfire. Yeah. That uh, it has like a raw cedar plank that came in it. Uh, the cedar planks that they use, that Cal Cedar makes. Um, yeah, it's just super fragrant. So nice. Yeah, that was a really nice extra for subscribers. Yeah. Like, I love Field Notes, and I've, uh, I've been subscribing for a while, and I will keep subscribing, but I think Blackwing is really one up to the subscriber extras. Yeah. I mean, those pins are cool, but the cedar plank, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Plus, you already have something extra with the... Um, archive one of the two that's a nice touch 
That's fun. Um, Pat Hannon, who made an unboxing video for the 211, he he was not impressed with the quality of the stickers, but they seem all right to me. I did not get a sticker. On the on the tube. Oh, oh yeah, those yeah. suck. <laughs> I'll put a That's link okay. in the show notes to Pat's unboxing. Um, it was actually it was actually really good. So I mean, I'm not surprised by that, but it was very good. Um. Yeah. So this is the first time in a while that we have had a main topic. Um, things have just yeah, been a little crazy, and we've been doing a lot of um, just fresh points episodes. So. Uh, we can keep these fresh points short and move into our main topic, which is probably the um, the longest reach for us, uh, colored pencils. So we just sort of realized that we don't really know anything about it, and we wanted to um, piggyback off of the, um, oh, what am I trying to say, like the popularity of these adult coloring books. Um and the pen addict has talked a lot about pens that you can use that, to color to color in the books. So we figured we should probably talk about colored pencils. Um, and Anna has been doing some research and knows a lot more about it than we do. Um, so yeah, maybe Anna, you can start us off and just talk about maybe some differences in colored pencils and what's out there in the market and what all of us should be looking out for. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm like everything that I do. I dive in totally head first. And to, to clarify, my job requires that I actually put some of these tools to use. Um, I work as a graphic designer. Um, I do a lot of sketching, drawing, that kind of thing. And lately I've been taking some classes to sort of improve my overall skills, which led me to want to buy even more. And my favorite thing to buy has been colored pencils. Um, but I've learned a lot about different types. Um, so I'll start by saying that there's two types of colored pencils, what we think of as traditional colored pencils, um, which are just the either wax or oil-based um, colored pencils. And then there's the water-soluble or watercolor pencils, which when wetted with a brush, a paintbrush or a water brush, um, will turn into watercolor. Mm -hmm. um, so there's those two categories. You have your traditional pencils and then the watercolor pencils. And so I'll talk first about regular colored pencils, which is probably what most people would probably want to start out with, maybe. Although, you know, if you don't apply water to them, watercolor pencils can work just like regular colored pencil. Yeah. Um, but for most colored, like for colored pencils in general, they come in three grades. And it's not all that dissimilar from graphite pencils in that they're sort of kid grade pencils, um, colored pencils, um, sort of a mid-grade, which in colored pencils they sort of refer to as like a student grade. So usually they're talking about um, any age where they stop putting them in their mouth to <laughs> when they can actually afford to buy good ones. Yeah. So it's sort of that mid-price range. And then there's the artist quality colored pencils, which um, part of why they're artist grade is because sometimes they contain um, – pigments that are made up of things like cobalt and things like that that you would not want children to put in their mouth because it's not particularly safe in the state of california doesn't but if you're just using <laughs> it's like an them, indelible pencil <laughs> yeah exactly it will live with you forever um but um and to go back to to kid grade um the big thing with kid grade pencils is that they're non-toxic 
Um, so like your, everybody's heard of Crayola colored pencils. And no, I'm not plugging the firm. Okay, a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Hmm. Uh, but, and they're good quality, but with kid grade colored pencils, partially because they're non-toxic, the colors tend to not be quite as rich um, and colorful. Um, they tend to be a little bit harder because obviously kids are going to push harder on a pencil um, and break the lead. So they make kids' pencils a little bit harder so that they can't break the lead. But part of that means it's harder to get the color out. Mm. Um, when you get up to student grade, um, the um, pencils are are built more like they build them at the artist level, but with less pigment and more binder just to make them cheaper. Mm. So really that's the your sort of exchange there. And then artist-grade pencils are full rich pigment, um, quality binders, um, you know, they're more blendable, they're more, um, they're softer, the color is easier to apply. Um, if I were, if I were going to, um, potentially buy somebody an adult coloring book and get them something to use to color with, I would probably go straight to the artist grade. While they are a little bit more expensive, we know with pencils, you kind of get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And the other thing with um, colored pencils is there's a light fastness issue. So Yeah, and I saw that in your notes. What does light fastness mean? It means if you leave them out in the light, they're, they have the potential to fade. And so mm. um, the kid-grade non-toxic ones are probably the they have no light fatness fastness rating they're more concerned with making sure that it's not going to harm your children than whether or not it will survive um you know to their adulthood you know when yeah. you're hang, hanging on the refrigerator and it fades over time it just it does they don't have very good light fastness and the manufacturers that's not their main concern um student grade also not a big concern with light fastness. It's really for people who are learning to draw, learning to sketch, coloring, that kind of thing. Um, so they make no promises about light fast quality. When you get to the artist grade, they at least say they're light fast. Um, and a couple of the brands are going to be more um, specific about it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about, now that I've sort of cleared that up, I'm going to talk about my three favorite brands which I refer to as the P's. <laughs> Prismacolors, Polychromos, and Pablos. Um, Prismacolor, probably most people have heard of Prismacolors. They're probably most ubiquitous. If you've been in an art supply store anywhere in the United States, they're going to have a big display with all the little pencils and all the little cubbies. And it's like mm -hmm. Mecca to me. I see them and I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's colors I don't have yet. Um, <laughs> But they're also the for an artist grade pencil. They're the most reasonably priced. They're usually about a dollar, dollar twenty five a pencil, and you can find them on Amazon and places like that um, in sets for probably a little bit better price. But for the most looks part, looks like a twenty four pack is about twenty bucks. Yep, that sounds about right. Um, and then, um, but Prismacolors they say they're light fast, but they if anybody who's gone to look at their site for like the very detailed light fastness rating, the same way that you guys look for FSC certified. Um, when you start getting into artist grade colored pencils, you want to know how light fast are these? Can I do a piece of artwork and hang it on the wall? And will it still be the same color that I drew it in a year's time mm -hmm. or 10 years time? 
Um, and Prismacolor does not guarantee their light fastness, but if you're using them for sketchbooks, coloring, those types of things, it's not a big, I wouldn't say it's a big deal. Um, because they're, those are tend to be closed and they're not exposed to light, or if you scan them in or photograph them so that you have it sort of in its original form. Um, Prismacolors are great because um, they blend really nicely. So you can take two different colors and sort of rub them together and get the color to sort of blend into, um, it almost looks painterly. It's very cool. Um, uh, polychromos, it's, uh, those are from Faber-Castell. And the difference between the Prismacolors and the Polychromos, Prismacolors are wax-based and Polychromos are oil-based. They use a, like a soybean oil as their binder. Huh. So they, they blend a little bit differently. Most people say you can use them interchangeably and you, it's not a big deal. Um, you can How mix. do they feel different? Um, I find that the Polychromos are a little smudgier, like the heat from my hands. Um, tend to kind of make the pigment spread a little bit more than they do with Prismacolors. I really got to lean into it to get Prismacolors to sort of smear. So I have like a little bit bigger window when you're drawing, I think, with Prismacolors. Now, the people have issues with Prismacolors. Uh, quality control is not as good as it used to be. Their pencils used to be made in the U.S., then they were made in Mexico. Now they're made in China. Um, Sounds like a Ticonderoga. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the cores aren't always centered, um, which is why I, I, my feeling with Prismacolors is always buy them open stock from your local art supply store because you can pick each pencil up and look and see if the cores are centered. Hmm. Um, and the other thing is if you drop a Prismacolor, the um, lead inside usually completely shatters. <laughs> Oh, there's, yeah. I never even thought about that. <laughs> there's instructions on the internet where you can actually like um, put them on a baking sheet and stick them in the oven and it'll kind of bind back together. I haven't, at a dollar <laughs> a piece, if I shatter one, I'll sharpen it until I can get it to work for a little while. And then I'm like, I can go buy another one for a dollar. It's not going to kill me. Um, somebody put one in a microwave and it has foil lettering on the side. So you know that didn't turn <laughs> <No>. out well. <laughs> um, but... Um, a lot of people love the Faber-Castell polychromos, and I think if you're in Europe, they're a lot easier to come by. Um, Derwent makes a similar, a couple of similar pencils as well. They do um, their artist, Derwent artist grade um, pencils, and then that I think are pretty competitive with polychromos. And then Derwent also makes their color soft, which are supposed to be direct competitors to the Prismacolors because Prismacolors are so soft. That's like the big, that's why people love them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Harry on the group just mentioned that uh, um, the polychromos are pricey. They're about $1.75 a pencil. So it's definitely a bump in price. But mm. then you get into the Carandash Pablos. And just the fact that I said Carandash, you know they're going to be more expensive. <laughs> they're made with a Swiss wood only found in fallen rainforests. Oh, wait. I, I haven't even gotten to the best ones yet. <laughs> um, but about the polychromos, um, they do actually have light fastness ratings on the pencils themselves. So on the side of the pencil, um, in the foil stamping, there will be stars to indicate the light fastness. And so if they have three stars, they're light fast to 100 years. Two stars wow. is pretty good light fastness, probably as long as you want to have your drawing on the wall. Um, one is probably okay for your kid's art kind of thing. 
no stars, obviously, it's not very light fast. But at least you know now, does going the light into fatness it. Change um, based on the color, or is it based on like the grade of pencil? Like it, blue uh, is generally a more unstable dye. Um, it it has a bit to do with the color, but it also I think has to do, um, yeah, mostly with the 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 pigments that are used for the color. Some colors are more light fast than others. You know, if you've ever tried to erase, a pale blue is way easier to erase than like a dark red. Yeah. So I mentioned the, the Carandash Pablo is also beautiful, also claimed to be light fast, but I was having trouble finding real ratings for their light fastness. So I kind of moved from Premier's to Polychromos, but I haven't braved going to Pablo's, although I know people who have them say they're worth every penny. Um, but I couldn't find specific light fastness ratings. So I kind of haven't quite ventured into that. And part of it is also Karen Dosh has a higher grade pencil than the Pablo's. They're wow. called luminance. It's a great And name. it's their, they're beautiful pencils too. Absolutely stunning. Um, the luminance are all light fast. There are only about 75 or 80 colors available in the luminance line. They are all light fast. Um, they're supposed to be absolutely magnificent to use, but at three seventy-five to five dollars a pencil, I haven't quite braved them yet. Wow! Look <laughs> at these. A forty-pack on Amazon is uh, on sale for one thirty-five ninety-nine. Yes, to get the full <laughs> to get the full set. And one of the things is all of these companies offer. Um, like if you want every single pencil in their color line, you can get them in those big, beautiful wooden boxes that open up and have the shelves in them and everything. And I want to say the luminance ones for all 76 or 80 colors is like $400. And that's like the discounted price from Dick Blick. Those, yeah, that's like the discount price. Um, but yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, people who bought them are like, they're, they're worth it. And that's like, I have one of the Karen Dosh, um, one of their uh, Swiss wood pencils and I get it. Like they make some really nice pencils, <laughs> but I'm see how I think about that is how most people think about paying $3 for a regular wooden graphite pencil. I guess since I don't get into colored pencils, really like it just seems crazy, but I totally see it for people who do. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. again, it all goes back to sort of, what are you going to be using them for or what do you, what, what kind of things? Cause again, with, um, one of the things is like artist grade pencils, almost all of them are available somewhere, um, individually like open stock. So you don't have to buy a box of 12 or a box of 24 or all 162 colors. If you want to just get five or six, just to try them out and make, you know, a 10 or $20 investment just to, to experiment, you totally can. So, um, but yeah, and, and part of that is also if you decide that you really like them and you use up the lime green pencil, you can just go buy one lime green pencil. You don't have to buy a whole set. Just for example. Just for example. I'm just picking a color out of the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there are a lot of other um, brands of pencils. These are probably the most commonly available in the United States that are artist grade. Um, like Dick Blick has their own house brand that is supposed to be fairly competitive to the Prismacolors, but are a little bit cheaper. I use them. They're okay. They're not my favorite, but I mean, if for just coloring and, and that kind of thing, I think they'd be excellent. Um, if you're doing a lot of sketching and drawing and you really want to sort of blend the colors, they may not be 
best option, but they're they're probably 75 cents a pencil, maybe even 50 cents, much cheaper. Um, but there's like, um, I've experimented with a bunch of other brands like um, Brunzeal design pencils that come out of Holland, I think, which are pretty good, very comparable to Prismacolors. But there's like, like pencils, there's so many brands and everybody does them a little bit differently. Really what you're looking for with colored pencils is like, do they stay safe and non-toxic? Great. If you're using them with your kids, go for those. Um, if you're looking for something with richer, deeper color, you do have to pay a little bit more money for them. Um, but mm -hmm. look for the ones that say artist. Um, you know, the ones that say things like student, academy, um, scholar, any names like that that sound academic, those are probably their student grades and maybe not their high end. And most brands kind of hit all three markets. So... Anyway, so that's regular colored pencils. I can talk about watercolor pencils too if you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one question I have for you, and I don't know if this is just for um, for one or the other, if it's it's different between the two of them. How do you do? You sharpen them differently? Do you use different points? Um, um, you can like what's uh, the best? like premieres are oh. super. Uh, uh, the Prismacolor premieres are pretty soft, and they do actually sell a pencil sharpener that goes with it. And I'm pretty sure that in it is a cume blade anyway, but I find that it works really well. And as long as that blade hasn't dulled, I'm going to keep using that one. But um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about putting colored pencils in like automatic pencil sharpeners or even like a, um, like this, the, um, the crank sharpeners um, that usually a hand yeah. sharpener is the best option um, just because you have a little bit more control you can not sharpen it quite as sharp. There are some like um, Prismacolor makes a lot called very thins that are much harder lead um, specifically for like fine detail adding, mm. you know, they don't uh, dull as quickly as the Prismacolors, which get very soft and mushy really quickly. It's, it's, they're almost crayons, but they're so fun to use because they, the color really comes, comes off the pencil easily. I bet they really gum up like a burr grinder or a burr sharpener. Well, and you'll chew up the pencil too. You'll come out and yeah. you'll have a, an inch and a half left of your pencil and be like, oops, <laughs> there goes a dollar. Yeah. So. so, yeah, talk about watercolor pencils maybe a little bit. Okay. Um, watercolor pencils, um, again, come in the same three grades. You can get kid grade, student grade, and, and professional or artist grade. Um, they... Uh, Carandash's like high end are called super colors, supra like the car, <laughs> supra color, mm -hmm. um, and Faber Castells are called Albrecht Durers, and they're the only ones that really sort of changed their name. So if you were looking for them online, um, and the prices, the prices for watercolor pencils are just a little bit higher than for um, regular pen uh, colored pencils. Um, in the artist grade, they're about fifty cents more per pencil. Um, until you get into Carandash's high end, which are again three fifty five bucks a pop. They're called museum aquarelles. They're uh, black, um, black wood with like dip painted ends. They're so pretty. I don't have any of those. I do go and like ogle them though. Um, Carandash man. Oh, so awesome. I don't know where the Swiss get all that, their money that they can afford these supplies. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, so like at the kid grade, they, um, 
Kim, uh, General makes a Kimberly watercolor pencil that are non-toxic, safe for kids. Um, Prang, Sargent, Reeves. It's like all the brands that you see at, you know, Michael's or at, uh, you know, places like that that would carry sort of kids' art supplies. Um, most art supply stores will carry them too, like your, you know, your professional grade art supply stores will usually have a section that will have their kids' grade materials. Um, uh, it's student grades. Uh, Statler makes a triangular, that same, like the Statler Ooh. triangular pen, like grip style that are watercolor based, which are fun if you don't want them to roll off the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Prismacolor, this is the one place where like, I'm not the biggest fan of Prismacolor watercolor pencils because as much as a natural finish on a graphite pencil is beautiful on a colored pencil, it's a pain in the butt <laughs> because <laughs> if all your pencils are natural finish, you can't tell which one's the blue one. It's until hard to tell them apart. Yeah, yeah, it's really. So it's the one reason I think people are not as, that's not as popular is they're really hard to use because hmm. it's so hard to pick the right color. All the other brands at least dip the entire end of the pencil um, in a color. And in the case of the Caran d'Ache Super Color and the Faber-Castell Albert Dewar's, the whole pencil is is, is uh, lacquered in a matching color, which make them easy to use. can't imagine the production process. I I bet that they have to just like make one color a day and reset everything in the factory. Probably. Um, I think one of the, I, at one point I put up a video of the, of like all these different products being made and one of them were colored pencils. And I think they actually went to Carandash. I think that's who showed them the pen, like some of the pencil process making process because I kept trying to read the labels and see them cause they were doing a lot of, um, I think like unbranded pencils. So you, you know, or like, hmm white labeled but at one point i saw like the packaging and i'm like i'm pretty sure those are super colors <laughs> <laughs> but i'll try to find the video and and put the link up oh i think i just found it you have it in here with space pens and fountain pens yes yeah i just yeah. like it was one of those days when you went down the youtube rabbit hole <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i um a few years ago i posted a just kind of link dump of a bunch of how it's made videos for stationery and it's still one of the frequently like most visited pages on my blog yeah and well it's fascinating i mean to anybody even if pencils aren't your passion seeing how they're made is so interesting because it's oh, something yeah. you you not many people stop to think about hey how are pencils made mr rogers taught me to appreciate these kind of videos <laughs> But yeah, so watercolor pencils are really fun. <laughs> um, you can use them with just like a water brush. Um, hmm. So you can uh, color with them for a while and then add the water brush and it'll just help the color all merge and smear and look like watercolor. So you look like you have a lot of control with watercolor, which is something that a lot of people don't experiment with watercolor because um, it's the medium kind of, it does its own thing. <laughs> a lot of times. So being able to just color something in and then add the water to it and it turns into watercolor is kind of magical. It's kind of really cool. Awesome. So I had, um, Oh, go ahead. Go on. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I have one other category of types of colored pencils, which I refer to as the weirdos, <laughs> which I can talk about, which are kind of not related di directly to colored pencils in general. They're kind of color based pencils that sort of do other things if you guys are curious 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So one of the first ones I mentioned was the the um, Koenor magic pencils, which are multicolored lead or cores. They're they basically have red, yellow, and blue chips that are mixed in to make colors. They're fun to draw. Um, and it's probably very economical. They can just use the little broken pieces that are left over in the factory. Maybe. <laughs> I, I have no idea how they make them, and I'm fascinated to find out. And I did get one from another shop. I think from, is it called Stubby Pencil Studio? Sent me one at one point that was seven colors, so it was like the full rainbow. Oh, wow. And it's so fun to use. It's so pretty. Um, and I've had a lot of fun drawing with it because I've sort of figured out as I'm drawing, I can kind of earn the pencil and get different values. So yellow for the lighter, the, you know, orangey to get a little darker. So they're really fun. And, um, I'm, have been completely smitten with all things magic pencil. I have so many now. <laughs> it's, I still have reviews to do. They did a series called Tritones, which each one has three, color variation in it so it's like yellow orange red and so as you use it you can get different tones of red and orange just by turning the pencil or just by rubbing it'll kind of come out differently but it's like a box of like 12 or 13 colors and you know there's a blue one that has three different shades of blue a purple one with three different shades of purple absolutely love them so i have a set of like their regular tritone pencils and then i have this the kind that are the big triangular ones and the big triangular ones I live in my kitchen because while my husband and I don't actually use like adult coloring books, we'll just doodle at the kitchen table and the, having this jar of colored pencils just sort of makes us happy. So it make, they <laughs> never awesome. left the kitchen table. Like, I've been meaning to do a review of them and I'm like, well, but I have to take them off the kitchen table. They're in a jar on the <laughs> table. <laughs> Earlier when I was talking about adult coloring books, I should mention that uh, we're talking about coloring books for adults. Uh, as opposed to what Johnny uses, which is uh, adult coloring books. <laughs> I don't know who told no, you I'm about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to die. No, <laughs> cool. What other kind of weirdos are there, Anna? Um, okay, my favorite weirdo pencils are called Derwent Ink Tents. And ink tents. I know it's totally, it's totally like some marketing guy was like, I have the name for these. They're going to be called Ink Tents. <laughs> but um, despite the goofball name, they also have graph tints, and I'll talk about those in a second. But um, the ink tents pencils—they look like regular colored pencils, like and they, you know, like water soluble colored pencil. Except when you get these wet, the um, material that they use for them is an ink base, not um, a pigment base. So mm -hmm. once they're wetted and dry. They're permanent. They don't go anywhere. It's like so, an indelible pencil. Yeah, it's a very much like a delible pencil. But the um, Derwent is the only company I know that has actually done this in a bunch of different colors. So um, they don't have a full range. There's maybe, I'd guess there's maybe 24 colors that you can get. But they're great if you're doing like multimedia art because you can lay down color apply a brush to them and then let it dry. And then you can draw over it with other colored pencils, with watercolor pencils. Um, and the color that you have down originally is not going to move. So if you add more water, it's not going to change. With watercolor pencils, regular watercolor pencils, if you add more water, the color will liquefy again and get all, it'll continue to smear and smudge. So it's really good. The ink tents are great for a layering in artwork for, you know, 
uh, multimedia artwork, that kind of thing. They're so much fun. But in the graph tint is the same, Derwent's graph tint is the same idea, except it's a graphite base with this sort of ink pigment kind of stuff mixed in. So the colors are a little bit more muted, a little more um, tonal because of the graphite. Um, so it's, it makes just beautiful colors. They're really rich, like burgundies and navy blues, and really deep colors. Because once you apply water to them again, they'll liquefy, but they'll be permanent when they dry. So wow. super, super cool. They're expensive, it's like magic. Too. Yeah. They are kind of magic, but um, with uh, both the ink tents and the graph tent, I go and buy like two or three at a time. Like, pick your favorite colors. I like blue and purple and orange. And you could get a couple, play with them for a while. And the next time you're passing the art supply store, you buy two or three more. And you sort of slowly build your collection. So. (laughs) That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I guess when I think of colored pencils and crayons, I just think of, like, you know, big cases of, like, all the colors. And then you try to keep them all, like, about the same length and sharpening level. But that just doesn't work like that. That's not life. It's and sometimes it's fun to just start with the colors you really like because you know when you buy those yeah. boxes and they have all those like you know a whole section of like brown and beige and you're like I wanted to color with the rainbow I don't want the natural colors or vice versa you know you just want yeah. this just buy that go get all of the the colors that you like start with those and then when you're like oh you know I really needed a yellow you know hmm. hop out and get a couple of the yellows and oranges and add those to your collection sort of build it slowly. Um, okay, I have two more, one more, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is the um, the Stabilo All pencil, which is it. It only comes in about three or four colors. You can get black, you can get white. They have like green, red, maybe a couple other colors, and they do one that's a graphite base. But these are similar to like the China markers and the lumber crayons you were talking about that um, they're kind of waxy and you can kind of write on anything with them, but they're also water soluble. So a lot of artists will use them sort of as a base layer in artwork um, to sort of sketch out the line work. And then because they're water soluble, they can either blend them into their artwork or they'll create this really cool sort of gray wash effect, which is kind of cool or a red wash or whatever color you pick. But a lot of people use the either black or the graphite one because um, you can draw over acrylic paint. You can draw over, you can draw on glass. I mean, they're just kind of fun. Oh, wow. they? But they're just funky and weird. And it's, you know, talking about colored pencils sort of leads into all the different ways people use them. And it's like, for me, the first time I really noticed like either a China markers or like a Stabilo All is um, at like thrift stores when you buy like secondhand coffee mugs and they always write the number on the bottom, like this one's 49 cents. They usually use a China marker to do that. Yeah, I figured that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they never come off because China markers are super waxy. If they used a Stabilo, you could just wash it off. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> and a China marker is different or the same than a grease pencil, like the, with the string that pulls mm-hmm. off the paper wrapping. Yeah. That's a China marker. Okay. Um, I've heard them called grease pencils. They're not as greasy as they used to be. They're more of a waxy mm. quality. I think probably 50 years ago they were more greasy and would kind of, <laughs> if sat for a while, they would kind of leave a grease ring. The newer ones are more wax-based and I think are less likely to do that. Cool. So. So, 
Wow. That's the spiel. So how long have you have you been into colored pencils and how do you use them every day? Oh, God. I've been collecting colored pencils since I was in college because I went to art school and that's part of mm-hmm. art school. I mean, because honestly, like I, I get excited because I still have um, Prismacolors that are Eagle brand and, you know, when, very, you know, it's, Prismacolor's been passed around to a lot of different manufacturers over the years. So like having yeah. them for decades. But um, I use them for sketching. I use them for note-taking, for um, point of reference. Like the way that other people would use a highlighter, I tend to grab a colored pencil to do the sort of same work. Um, but and I, and I have been doing sort of my own, keeping my own sketchbook. And so colored pencils are a big part of that. I have one of those... Um, Kipling hundred pen cases that I just have full of colored pencils that I take with me kind of everywhere. It's so sad because I have an entire collection of colored pencils at work and I have the ones that you saw in the photograph, which are at home. Have you ever seen the, have you ever seen the little itty bitty tiny, like maybe one or two inch long wooden or colored pencils? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, you'll see like those types of things and like the really, really skinny ones. Yeah. The little tiny, like little mini packs and stuff like that. They sell at places like I've seen them at like Barnes and Noble and stuff that they'll put into like a CD case. If people if if people are old enough to remember CD cases, yeah. <laughs> I remember but, those. And those are probably more of a kid grade, non toxic. They're usually I mean if they sell them like that, they're either kid grade or, um, you know, because they're kind of hard to hold. They're cool and they're cute and they're absolutely adorable, but. Um, more than about a minute with them, and I'd be like, okay, somebody give me a pencil that's a real pencil diameter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, so let's uh, maybe ask some questions. Sure. Um, we earlier asked questions of the uh, people in the live stream right now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Walter Galindo asks your feelings about colored pencil sharpeners. Uh, they're made for blunter points. He's experienced for less breakage. And you talked about it a little bit, but do you have any particular brands that are your favorite i really like the one that's the prismacolor and i'm trying to figure out where i put it so i can actually read it's shaped it's the sort of bullet shaped one that's the sound of my bling 100 case being opened (laughs) um yeah it's like the the bullet shaped it's a portable one and i'm pretty sure this is a cumin here let me see yep so it's just, a, it, and it may have been modified specifically to create a blunter point, but with most colored pencils, if you sharpen them too sharp, the ends will tend to break off and you have to sharpen it again. So yeah. especially the softer artist grade, the student and um, kid grade are less less prone to breakage. That's cool. But yeah, I wouldn't, I would use, definitely use hand sharpeners. I wouldn't use... Um, electric sharpeners or big chompy ones. Eat it away. Yep. <laughs> so our uh, good friend Dr. Hans Newman asks, are there any of the colored pencils mentioned suitable for writing as opposed to drawing? I guess that means harder ones if there is such a thing. Yeah, and actually Jack just mentioned the very thins are good for writing, and they are. Um, a lot of uh, like architects will use like very thins for sketches and sort of the the base layer before they ink something for like um back when they they were still like drawing their their uh 
their layouts and stuff. But uh, mm. yeah, the very thins are, are um, much harder, and those those could probably be sharpened in an electric sharpener or something like that. Um, and Dan from Keras Customs, Mr. Design Concussion, did mention the color race, which are also um, pretty good for writing and note-taking, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Color race are also from Prismacolor, and while they claim they are col erase, you know, your your mileage may vary, but I can't get them to erase <laughs> worth the <a> darn. <laughs> I wonder if it's, like, maybe the needable erasers do it better, or... Maybe some other kind? No, they really... No. Their colored pencils are not good for erasing. A lot of people will use the um, what they refer to as either uh, non-repro blue. If you're looking for one that's really light to sort of put down as a base layer before you do something else, they um, non-repro means it's it won't photograph. So if you were to put non-repro mm. blue uh, sketch on a regular photocopier, it will come out blank. So a lot of people use that to put a base layer down, like um, cartoonists and illustrators will use that before they ink a drawing. Um, uh, and, and those are a little bit easier to erase. That's cool. Um, somebody asked, again, about the best eraser for colored pencils, and my suggestion is gesso, <laughs> which is um, a, type <laughs> of, a type of acrylic um, medium that you can put down on paper or canvas or board or whatever before you are to do a drawing or anything. Um, and most gessoed surfaces erase a lot better. You can even erase Prismacolor pretty good. Um, and gesso also sort of doubles as whiteout. <laughs> if you really <laughs> want to get rid of something, you can just paint it in with gesso. <laughs> That's awesome. Last question from the audience. Uh, have we talked about the bicolored pencils? Thoughts? Favorites? Oh, you mean like red-blue pencils? I feel like yeah. that's a whole separate episode. <laughs> I have, I have. I know the only one I can think of is like Perfetto, which is really pretty, but I'm told is kind of crappy. I haven't, I haven't invested in. Oh, I have the. I don't have the color versions that she did. I do have the Perfettos, which, when you can get them to sharpen, have a wonderful, <laughs> red, smooth, creamy red um, pigment on one end, and then a graphite on the other, which is so much fun. Um, but I, I literally sharp, sharpened one down to end up because I don't know if they shattered in transportation, um, or, you know, I, I've seen what my postman does with my packages. <laughs> um, but That's I have, sad when that happens. Yeah, it really is. Um, I do have the Carandash red blue pencil and I've been meaning to do a review of it. Oh, that one's yummy. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it's called, and I, I have no idea. My husband came in the studio before I started the podcast, and he's like, oh, it's the well-appointed mess. And I'm like, shut up and go away. <laughs> <laughs> my desk is absolutely covered with stuff I have to review. So somewhere in here is that red-blue pencil. I just don't know where. Someday for April Fool's Day, you should just rebrand the blog as the well-appointed mess. <laughs> Yes, I'm so embarrassed about it. Like I'm going to have it before, after, and like have the studio like perfect. And, you know, do one of those photo shoots where everyone's like, that's no one's real office. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, Mine, it is, I about swear. three minutes. Um, so a question from Johnny. Mm -hmm. Johnny. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if they still do this. When, when Prismacolor was American-made, they sort of 
they claimed that their line all matched like the Verithin, the color race, the the premier and the um watercolor pencils were all like the same color, like carmine red meant carmine red across the range, and you could mix them together. Is that still the case? And um do other manufacturers do that? Um, I know with Prismacolor it's supposed to still be true. I have not actually tested the theory, although I do I have a couple um, color race that I use regularly. I don't have like a full set of color race. I use like, I have a non-repro blue. I have a pale peach color. Um, and I think I have like a navy blue or something. I just use a few of them, which are good for, for sketching and stuff. And I, they blend in really nicely with the other colors, but I haven't done like a side-by-side comparison, but I'm pretty sure if they claim that it's true, it probably is. They're, they're probably fairly close. Um, should you, but again, the Prismacolor Premier, there's like, oh, probably almost 200 colors in the line. With the very thins, there's maybe 36. The color racer, maybe they're down to like 24 colors. Like mm-hmm. in my art supply shop at work, they have like four color race. They literally keep like black, non-repro blue, and a red one. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not very many I want to see the supply cabinet where you work. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's it's actually an art supply store. Do you have to give them your money? Um, I if I'm buying supplies for work, no, I just give uh, them my employee ID number. It's uh, awesome. But yeah, it's very cool. And they do. They actually <laughs> have they have like the Prismacolor display with all the pencils, and it's really hard not to go in and be like, oh, I could use one more. <laughs> I could choose one more. Um, and a friend of mine... Last just, one, I swear. A friend of mine just took over as the manager, and she's been very excited about adding new products. Um, so, like, she actually has, like, a new product display table out now, and one of the things they brought in was the, like, term 1917 um, pencil holder that you can, like, uh, adhere to the back of a notebook. And I was like, oh, she's getting in oh, all the cool yes. stuff. <laughs> I have a couple of those. I put one in the back of my Baron Fig. Does it work well? Yeah. I had one at some point, and somehow a man either gave away the notebook or man- managed to lose it instantly. So I've never really gotten to like put it to good use. I've never seen them except um, I went to Portland, and they had a bunch of Powells. And they were pretty cheap, so I just picked up a bunch. Cool. Well, I'll have to give yeah. them another go. <laughs> um, question I have for you. Sure. Um, we didn't really talk about highlighter pencils specifically. I think maybe you referenced it. Yeah. Um, what's the advantage of a highlighter a pencil over markers, uh, if there is one? Uh, they're not going to bleed through your paper. Hmm. Um, chances are it's pretty, I mean, they're probably not light fast, but um, they're not, they probably won't fade as quickly as a lot of the highlighter if they're exposed to light. Um, I find them a lot. I I have a ton of highlighter pencils. If I do use a highlighter, I tend to go towards the pencils. Although I did have a thing about highlighters in general. Let's not get into it. <laughs> Whole nother episode. <laughs> Whole nother problem. But um, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they're just you can leave them uncapped because they're not going to dry out. Um, so a lot of people, you know, um, I I think highlighter pencils really got started for people who were highlighting in their Bibles. Because a, hmm. a lot of the highlighters originally, especially on older, you know, books, had a tendency to maybe degrade the paper, where a pencil's not going to do that. And Bibles can be super thin paper. So uh, exactly. And through. 
So it could probably bleed through like five or six pages, you know? So, yeah. Dr. Um, Han says another advantage is you can sniff them without destroying brain cells. <laughs> but that's half the fun. Depends how sharp the pencil is. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> how close you sniff it. Where did it go? Ah. Wow. <laughs> Who's reaching behind me? Oh gosh, I have so many. I have so many pencils. <laughs> so many pencils. So many pencils. And last question from Johnny. So, um, I was going to ask you about the non-photo blue pencils, but um, there's another one from Stadler, which is purple. It's for marking blueprints. So, do you know what the deal with that is? <laughs> is it a stupid question? <laughs> What's like, the I, deal? I, I like to draw pencils? with it because it's got a really cool core, but I don't understand what it has to do with blueprints. The only thing I can think is there's something about the material, the type of paper that they use for blueprints, that it's a it's a light sensitive paper. Think about like the um, like fa the old fax paper that came on the rolls that was like if you left it out in the light too long, it would start to fade. Like the paper would start to turn black. Oh, like um, thermal paper. Yeah, thermal paper, and I think that's the concept behind blueprint paper. My husband actually uses it because um, in printing for um, old school samples of what your plate is going to look like they call them blue lines and it uses the same type of paper so i'm wondering if there's something in the core of that pencil that either adheres to or changes the chemistry in that paper that's the only thing i can think but hmm. i'm taking a stab in the dark here yeah, I, I haven't seen him in a long time i found him in um Utrecht in Chicago like 10 years ago. I, I think I've had the same two the whole That's time. That's really cool. We'll have to look into that. I'm, I definitely, now, now I have something to hunt for. i got to find out the answer to that. <laughs> but, I, but again, they're probably, they probably don't make them, or if they do, they make them in very small quantities because not many blueprints are made using blueprint paper anymore. They are, I think, you know, basically they just have large scale plotters and, you know, uh, inkjet printers that, because it's all done digitally. When they used to have to actually make copies of giant sheets of paper, they would use the blueprint machines. I really want to see that one of those work. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to ask Bob about the um, about how the blue lines work because I don't even think he does blue lines anymore. He does digital proofs, um, even for letterpress. So go figure. Wow. Hmm. Um. Anything else to add what you've talked about already? You've been a fount of knowledge, Anna. I wasn't a pencil of knowledge? Darn it. You were a, <laughs> a pencil of knowledge. So um, does any, is, is anybody who's been listening now going to go out and invest in some colored pencils? I think, think I am. I, I think the watercolor ones are just a little bit like fussy for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, some of the... The artist grade, maybe like the Prismacolors or something, would be awesome. They're they're a good place to start. They are a little. I mean, you got to handle them with care. One thing I discovered with Prismacolors is if you are going to carry them around with you, um, uh, to rubber band them together mm. because twigs that are bound together don't break. <laughs> so if you <laughs> drop true. your bag, they're less likely to break or shatter the cores, but. So that's my. Palomino has has some colored pencils as well. I bought them. How are they? Mm, student grade. Yeah. I I sold them on the Panatic Group, literally after sampling them. <laughs> 
They're very pretty. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. And I really wanted to love them. But again, having already invested in a lot of others, I kind of bought them because I knew that they weren't very expensive. Um, again, yeah. a box of their 12 or 24 colors, it's about probably under a dollar a pencil. So I just took a chance. I bought both the watercolor and their, um, regular colored pencils. Um, and just me. Yeah. But again, for what I used them for, they weren't appropriate. I think if you were doing just coloring, doodling, um, just kind of goofing around they're probably, they would be a great place to start. And if you want to support products that are made more slightly more domestically <laughs> you know from a smaller yeah. company that would be a good place to start um but yeah my feeling is that if you're just getting started try either prism try prismacolors try maybe derwin artist um if you can't find those a lot of times some of the um statler colored pencils are available in like um like a big box office supply store they'll have a small set that are a little bit better than like getting Crayola's, but to be honest, Crayola pencils are not that bad. They're pretty good. They come in a huge yeah. variety too. They have the kind that are like the plastic with just the core of color in them, as well as regular pencils. Star, sorry, I plugged the firm again. <laughs> no, it's <that's> <laughs> Um, cool, Johnny. Do you have anything to add um, before we sign off? No, I am. My head is spinning. So much to, to go shopping for. You gotta get Charlotte started in all this. She's yeah, she's got some watercolor pencils. Does she but, use them um, with water or does she just color with them? Well, she uses them with water, but they're from IKEA, so you could probably eat twelve boxes of them, but they work like crap. So to get her some nicer that's, ones. Yeah, that's the sad truth of it. She's probably getting old enough she's not going to eat her pencils. Yeah. Her brother will though. <laughs> yeah, that's she where you have to around. kind of be careful. Mm, pencils. I'm like, where did the erasers go? Henry ate it. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, they don't work on colored pencils anyway, so he can eat those. <laughs> so, Anna, thank you so much for joining us. This has been thank fun. You. We have to do more than, than a yearly episode. Oh, yeah. I, I would like that very much. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Um, they can find my blog at wellappointeddesk.com. You can find me both on Instagram and Twitter as wellappttdesk. Um, and if you are in, I, I do am a member of the erasable group on Facebook, but I'm not super Facebook savvy. <laughs> so try not to message me there or I will never get it. <laughs> and if you do actually have a question directly for me, you can always email me. And, um, to Andy's joke earlier, my email address is chair at wellappointeddesk.com. <laughs> Which is super awesome. I love that. Thank you. That was my uh, old <laughs> boss's suggestion when I got the URL. I was trying to think of what my email address should be. And she's like, well, you're the chair at the desk. <laughs> Obviously. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Done. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Anna, so much for being on. Thank you. Awesome. Um, Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you could find me at pencilrevolution.com on Instagram and Twitter at Pencilution. And Monday the 19th, you can catch me and probably Andy on 88.1 FM in Baltimore or WYPR.org. Yay! Yay! So exciting. <laughs> I'm totally going to tune in. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm, uh, I guess I can talk for Tim here. 
if you want to uh, find Tim on the internet, you can find him on uh, Twitter at Timothy Wassum, W-A-S-E-M, uh, or on Instagram. Is he Tim Wassum there? Um, it changed. So yeah, I'm not sure. We'll just let Tim speak for himself next time he's on. Yeah. <laughs> he's also in the group. Uh, I am Andy Welfley. Uh, you can find me, uh, what I write, at uh, woodclinched.com. You can find me on Twitter at at A Welfley, A W E L F L E, um, or on Instagram at the same, or in the Erasable group. Speaking of Erasable, um, you can find our episodes at erasable.us uh, or at your friendly local iTunes podcast directory. Um, if you want to join the group that we talk a lot about, it's an amazing community. It's super active. Um, we have whole amazing discussions. I can't even talk about it. Um, that is at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. Uh, our Facebook page, which is more of the official voice of the podcast, uh, we are at facebook.com slash erasable podcast. Uh, you can listen live at Mixler. It is M-I-X-L-R. At, or slash erasable um, and we generally will create an event in the Facebook group that we will you'll be able to find and then on Twitter we are at erasable podcast you can find this episode at erasable.us slash 38 uh, please leave us a recommendation on iTunes if you would uh, maybe on overcast that just helps us be better found um, to people who are looking for this sort of thing so thank you very much for tuning in, and um, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com. Gaze catches me with wonder.